You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hi from the Customer Treasury Service Unit of AIB and welcome to our weekly update on Tuesday 11th of June. I'm Gavin O'Carroll and with me is AIB's Senior Economist John Fahey to discuss latest developments from the central banks. But first an update to the UK Tory Leadership Contest. The Conservative Party membership will be voting on their Tory leader over the coming weeks. John, it looks like the timelines, though, could be using up a lot of the time between now and October for the exit of the UK from the EU. What say you to this? Well, I suppose even if you look at it, Gavin, take a step back further again, it's nearly three years since the Brexit referendum now back in June uh, 2016. Uh, So that just shows you uh, just how slow our lack of progress has been and the fact that uh, we're still in the situation where no one knows for sure what's likely to happen ahead. And talking Uh, about it. And talking about it. Uh, So the specifics around the leadership thing, what that has done, I suppose, it's put a stall on any sort of interaction between the UK and the EU at official political leadership level. Uh, So what we have now, uh, as you alluded to there, is today or uh, yesterday on Monday, we would have uh, we got the uh, candidates who are in the field for it. Uh, So on the 13th later this week, we get the first round of votes. Uh, The next round is scheduled for the 18th. So the way the leadership contest works is uh, MPs vote uh, in a number of rounds till there's two candidates left. Uh, And then when the two candidates that are left, uh, they go before the party uh, membership. So hustlings on that are due to start around the 22nd of June, which corresponds uh, with that referendum anniversary. Uh, and the idea is by June 22nd uh, that a new leader uh, will have been put in place. So, you know, nothing's likely to happen in terms of any major developments uh, in uh, Brexit perspective uh, between now and then. But what we could get, though, is uh, depending on who's doing well in the uh, leadership contest, and we've seen a lot of the rhetoric coming out. The hardline Brexiteers are ramping up the no-deal uh, tones, so we could see a little bit more volatility uh, for Sterling. And we've seen that in the last couple of weeks anyways, uh, with what happened in UK politics, as Sterling has, has weakened a little bit, like we're up around the 89p uh, since the start of the week. I was just going to ask you, OK, so stick to the timelines for a second. So 26th, 2nd of June, just to be clear for our listeners, that's by, we are expecting the UK Tories to have a leader then. But then it's probably going to be another month to the 22nd of July before that could turn into the PM. Yeah, well, no, what happens by up to the 22nd of June uh, is uh, the time period where they whittle it down to two candidates. So MPs will keep voting uh, between the 22nd of June up to the week starting the 22nd of July is, is when the hustling start, where okay, the two candidates okay. go before all around the country. Uh, and MP- and members, uh, Tory membership vote on it, which is done by a postal ballot. And the talk is that uh, number one poll position uh, contender Boris Johnson is being wooing the party faithful over the last number of days and that that wooing is only uh, about to get stepped up dramatically probably along with all the other candidates that are still in the fields. Okay, just you mentioned Sterling there. Sterling has been 89-ish. I mean, yeah, that's teetering towards the 90-odd levels if there was an event that the markets didn't like in Sterling weekend. Yeah, so I suppose... If you look at the le- the range we've been in, though, so we've been in a roughly 85 to 91p range since September 2017. And even for most of that period, it's been in an even narrower range than that. It's been 87 to 91p. We saw a push below the 87p uh, earlier this year uh, on the view that uh, a deal would be done and Parliament did block a no-deal type scenario in terms of voting against it. But then the issue was... No consensus in Parliament on an alternative. 
uh, and then the issue with the Conservative leadership. So all that's added back into the uncertainty, which markets don't like. And so that's pushed sterling back up from those 85p mm. against the euro back up close to 89p. So if the market took a view that whoever was the front runner and you know increased the risk of a no deal scenario, then we would expect a bit more weakness to come into sterling. So you'd look at the 90p level as a natural uh, kind of next level in terms of the weakening trend in sterling. But that would still keep it in the range where we've been mm-hmm. uh, for the last two and a half years. Okay, and euro dollar running at about one. 13th at the moment, cable therefore in and around about 126, 127. The Brexit effects continues with some manufacturers in the UK announcing um, closures in, in the car industry and, and, and the supply chain there obviously is uh, is concerned. You, you've also got US payrolls data last Friday uh, continued the weakening trends that we've seen in recent times as well. UK data, some items right this week. Um, we've got some further UK data today, Tuesday on the weekly earnings. So that'll be whether or not the uh, inflationary effects are there in the UK economy. Let's let's touch on the US because I think that ties nicely then into the central bank discussion we want to have. Yeah, so if you think about what's happening in markets the last couple of weeks, is there's much more focus coming now on, on central bank uh, policy and the focus is very much concentrated on the fact that it looks as if the global monetary policy direction is one uh, back into easing mode uh, rather than what would have been expected maybe a year ago where most of the major central banks were, were in tightening mode. And specifically there, the big thing is uh, on the the Fed and the fact of where the market thinks. If you look at futures contracts on markets now, the markets are pricing in around 100 basis points of rate cuts from the US Federal Reserve uh, by the end of 2020. And in the near term, uh, they, you know, they're starting to price in the potential for a rate cut from the US uh, over the summer months. And it ties in what you mentioned there about the payroll data. Uh, so last week, early in the week, we got a couple of key Fed speakers, uh, including the Fed Chair Powell, uh, sound and dovish and mentioned the possibility of rate cuts might be needed uh, in the US economy in order to mitigate and preempt a downturn. Uh, so that kind of fed into the view anyways that markets have had that the Fed was going to cut rather than hike over the next year to year and a half. And then Friday is very disappointing payroll data where it was just plus 75k, uh, added further kind of uh, evidence to the market view and reinforced it. Uh, so it really is a situation now where the market's starting to expect uh, that the, the, the move uh, from the Fed will be a cut. But the big thing is for the market is it could be as soon as uh, the summer months. Uh, if we get a further deterioration in US economic data. And really the key there would be, so we've had one month of very weak payroll, so it's too early to call it yet. Uh, so if we got another two months where, you know, you had a sub-100,000 reading in terms of US jobs growth uh, for June and July, uh, then that would bring a, a Fed rate hike much more onto the cards, all right? I don't hear President Trump t- talking much about the uh, jobs numbers at the moment like he used to last year. The article that you've had in the... Uh, Irish Examiner today talks about central banks may act early to stem slowdown in growth. What caught my eye, not just the US bit about the 100 basis points expectation of rate cuts next year, was also about rate hike expectations have evaporated in Europe. Yeah, so we had the we had the ECB meeting last week. So it plays back into what we said there around the theme and the direction of global monetary policy is now back into ease and mode. So last week's ECB meeting uh, showed them push out their guidance on when they may start to increase interest rates from the end of 2019 to mid-2020 at the earliest. But interestingly, uh, in the press conference, uh, ECB President Mario Draghi stated that the uh, central uh, or that the governing council 
had actually discussed the possibility uh, of rate cuts and are extending or restarting its quantitative easing programme. Uh, now, if you look at where the market was into that meeting, that morning the market was actually expecting roughly a 10 basis points cut uh, from the ECB over the next couple of months. Uh, so the outcome of the meeting, while, while more dovish uh, than previous meetings for the last while from the ECB, it actually disappointed versus market expectations. It wasn't quite as dovish as, as maybe the market had been envisaged. So uh, on the back of that, you actually saw the euro uh, slightly stronger mm. uh, after the ECB meeting. And where this all ties in then, I suppose, from a, you know for, for customers to bear in mind is all this central bank talk and, and direction of central bank, the impact it's having on currency markets. Because last week we saw the dollar uh, weaken on the back of those dovish comments from the Fed and then weaken further again uh, after the week payroll date on Friday because all that fed into the view that the Fed is going to cut and that cut could come soon. And then that tends to be a negative uh, for the respective currency. So hence why we're back up uh, at the 113 level in euro dollar. So not a huge move, uh, but still it was notable last week that the dollar uh, was softer uh, in the context of where the market thinks the Fed is going and all evidence is kind of helping to back up that view that's in the market. So what you're saying is if there is any changes to rates by the ECB in the near term, it is likely to be a rate cut. And we're also now saying that's what the market is pricing in the States, uh, rate, rate cuts next year. I mean, the ECB is at zero at the moment. Bank of England at 0.75. US is between 225 and 250. The central banks don't have a lot of armory in their arsenal to go after the markets but the markets feels that they're going to preemptively do something yes. to avoid so a slowdown. I, I think this is what they want the central banks uh, won't wait f- uh, they want they'll want pre- to take preemptive action just because of the point you make there they've relatively limited scope where rates are uh, so they won't, they don't they won't want to wait for the downturn to become too evident uh, because they can only cut uh, rates so far in terms of given the levels at the moment. Mm-hmm. So it would be very much preemptive action and you could kind of view it as an insurance cut to make sure that the, they can mitigate uh, risks of a downturn happening. What I would say is from an ECB perspective uh, is that the first thing they're likely to do uh, if it is to do further easing is rather than a rate cut which would be to the depot push it further in negative ter- territory. What they'll probably do first is restart their QE programme in terms of new, uh, restart net asset purchases from that perspective. Just one other point I think that's very important in this one. The businesses cannot ignore the US-China Cold War article in the FT yesterday and it ties into the escalation in trade tensions in the past month and a further deterioration in business surveys. This is why central banks are now on high alert. So it's one we have to keep a very close eye on. Yeah, so you've had the global slowdown in terms of GDP data and trade, but the trade stuff can get resolved pretty quickly too. So we saw that uh, last weekend with uh, the Mexico issue. So that's uh, on the back burner now in terms of seems to be agreement there. So likewise with the US-China trade tensions, that could get resolved pretty quickly too. So it it might not all be negative in terms of global trade disputes. The the US-China thing could get resolved. John, thank you. And thank you for our customers and listeners for joining us. If this is your first time listening to our podcast, please do press the subscribe button to AAB's Market Talk on iTunes or the podcast apps for iOS or Android. Speak with you next week. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.